Uh, this is Shane McCarthy from Wayfair, and you are listening to the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Hello. Hi. Are you? Hey, Shane. How are you? Not too bad. Sorry, it took me a second to get connected, but I'm here. No worries. I'm Bruce. That's my partner, Chris. Thanks for joining us. Right on. Good to meet you guys. Thanks for uh, having me. Where are you at today? You in Denver? I'm in Denver. Yeah. I actually just got home a couple hours ago. I just got married this weekend. Oh, congratulations. Good for you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Nice. So you, you got home. You got married. And you come home uh-huh. a few hours later, you're doing interviews. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's what happens, I guess, when you get married right in the middle of a album cycle. Right. <laughs> but also, I mean, you're doing the best podcast in the in the country, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, you know. But it couldn't possibly miss it. Right. There yeah, there's there's us and then there's Eddie Trunk. That's how right. it goes. <laughs> <laughs> He's like way far behind though. He's not even close. He's not even close yet. Dolly yeah, Martin, please. Try to anyway. do some catching up. Yeah, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. Chris, you want to take the lead? Okay, so I turn on the video, and and I'm going to be honest, never heard of the band before. I turn on the video, the music starts, and I'm like, why why am I hearing metal country? What the hell is going on? Like, I just, I just like, why, why do I feel country in this metal song? And then I see this guy on a horse, and I'm like, what the fuck am I seeing? What, where does this... <laughs> style of metal originate from i've never heard anything even remotely like it so like how did that start um you know i think it just traces back to um we're we're all from colorado most of us born and raised and there's like this kind of history of a really specific scene here that they call the denver sound that's just kind of this um some people call it gothic country or like gothic americana sort of deal your bands like 16 horsepower woven hand things like that that we've all just grown up being big fans of and when wayfair started a little over a decade ago you know we were focusing on being a metal band and being influenced by the metal bands that we loved but we're simultaneously big fans of this other stuff and i think it just at first kind of crept in subconsciously because of that and somewhere along the lines after a few years we were, we were just like you know what we should just embrace these two two different things that we're really into and um you know make them into one thing and for us it's always been super important that it's not this kind of gimmicky you know like oh we're gonna switch halfway through to where it goes from one or the other it's like they both have to be existing in the same same space at at the same time so that's that's where we've been ever since so do you find at your shows you see a lot of like maybe this is the wrong term but cowboys come in and be like i love this man this is great this is speaking to me in a way that I want country music to speak to me in. Um, somewhat. I I think it's more it's more that uh, we see you know metalheads and metal fans 
that feel like it's, you know, at least at our shows, it's now okay to show up in the cowboy hats and all that. And they're like, either, you know, either they do have some kind of history with it or some kind of, you know, interest in country music or Western flicks or something, or they're just see, you know, they're just like, hell yeah, I can, I can get in on this. Um, but we do definitely, you know, people out in, in, in kind of the, the region we're in like at home. And then when we play like fire in the mountains up in Wyoming or people in Montana or something, um, they definitely seem to relate to it in a, in a different way, you know, because they've grown up around the same kind of, uh, atmosphere that we have just being in, in the American West and how it's still kind of integrated in, into, into a lot of towns and whatnot in this region. Uh, so we, we see some people tapping into it for sure. I mean, you I know, don't think it's very different from like what happens with the European folk metal stuff, right? It's it's very, 100%. very similar. Exactly. hundred percent. And that was kind of, you know, we, we started just doing it because we liked um, all that other music as well as growing up being a huge fan of like Western films and like spending time on my granddad's ranch when I was young, where he had horses and guns and the whole nine yards. And, you know, I think that that planted an interest from a young age, but doing the metal thing, you know, we're, we're big into black metal and even some, you know, like folk metal bands, but uh, I've always just found it so disingenuous when you find bands, you know, from the United States who are like, Oh, we're going to do this kind of pagan Viking thing. And you're like, well, you're from Ohio. So maybe, maybe you don't need to be <laughs> right, doing that. Right. And, <laughs> and so for us, it's like, yeah, it is, it is the natural progression where it's like, if we're going to draw from our, um, you know, nature and history and mythology and all that, this is what we have to, to draw off of just well, like it's the honest, it's honest and it's real. Cause that's where you're from. Right. I mean, that's exactly. in your yeah. genes. Exactly. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing that they did, you know, over there with with all the kind of Scandinavian uh, lore and, and history. So right. it does yeah, make sense for us. Well, Bruce and I were just talking before you joined and I was like, because I lived in in Washington, the Washington, D.C. area for about five years. And something that blew my mind away about living in there was how big Americana is like as a style, like, you know, it was just every venue if there was an american act that came through jammed for with people of all ages and i kind of see you're kind of like like you say americana metal do you know what i mean or mm -hmm. gothic country or whatever you want to call it do you 100%. see do you see people like that are big into the americana scene coming into your show because maybe they also like metal too but they're do you, do you know what i'm saying for sure i think so far um you know metal is so like playing in any kind of extreme metal, like it is definitely one of those genres of music, like either you're down or you're not. So, so far <laughs> yeah. it's been, you know, more, more the metalheads coming around to the Americana side than the other. But I think we have noticed in Europe because much like the Scandinavian folk stuff being kind of in some ways bigger in the United States, because it's like exotic and interesting. I think we're starting to see in Europe, that you know, there's um, those bands from Colorado, like Woven Hand and and like Slim Cessna's Auto Club and things like that, are actually in some ways bigger in Europe. I think because they have such an interest in in it because it's something different for them. And I think uh, the fan bases of some of that stuff is kind of catching on to us and and um, seeming seeming to start to accept us over there. Um, so that's cool. But yeah, over over here, it's definitely more the metalheads who are like coming around to the Americana elements than the other way so far. But we'd love to do sometime a tour that's more built around that side of things and see, you know, see how it goes doing not a traditional metal lineup. Yeah, It just shocked me when I lived there, how big it was. I was just like, I've never heard of yeah. any of these bands 
and there's like 20,000 people here watching this. Yeah, you know? for sure. So, yeah, there's, there's there's a there's a scene out there for everything, man. It's cool. <laughs> there certainly is. There is. And I love that when they start to meld, like I totally mm-hmm. get the the folk metal stuff. Like I'm a big fan of Corporal Clani and Kurakan and those Irish Finnish sort of folk metal where they're mixing the whole bunch together. I think it's really cool when it's done authentically and correctly. Exactly. No, I, I feel the same way. Um, you know, a lot of that stuff was really kind of getting big when uh, I was pretty young and then and the other guys in Wayfair were pretty young. And uh, we were we were into the, a lot of that stuff as teenagers and would go like see some of those bands. And I think, yeah, that probably has something to do with it, too. But that's what it comes down to, because some of them, you know, do it in a really jokey, gimmicky way. But wow. the ones who actually integrate it, it's it's really cool. I also it's interesting. I don't know how metal fans are reacting to it because I was also that metal fan that was strictly you can't add I don't know, harps or you can't add folk guitars or you can't add that it had to be like Judas Priest and Metallica. And I think as I've aged and, you know, my horizons have expanded, I've learned a lot more and, you know, come to appreciate it. But do you still run into that as well? I mean, you know, I imagine you do in the metal world, right? Yeah, you know, probably some. Um, I think, you know, we're just starting to like play more of the festivals and things like that. Because beyond that, it's like, well, if you came to our show and you hate us, that's your, you know, that's your fault. Right, right. But, <laughs> um, right. Fair enough. Yeah. Occasionally we'll we'll come across some people who probably think it's it's dumb for whatever reason. But honestly, like less so than I would have thought. And I, you know, who who knows? Maybe people are just keeping their opinions to themselves or right. we're not looking for it. But um, you know, I my hope is that it's because, you know, whether people like it or not, they can at least see that we're not doing it just to do it. You know, that like we did have a reason for why we are making music this way and like what our intent is with it. And that it's not just to exploit something for the the sake of like doing something crazy, you know? Right. So my hope is that that's why there hasn't been like a ton of vocal backlash that we've seen, but you know, I'm sure there's plenty of purists that are like, you know, I don't, I don't need to see these cowboy hat motherfuckers play up here. Um, <laughs> Do you wear but, cowboy hats on stage? Uh, One of us does. One <laughs> of us does. I, I, I had bang around too much to do anything like that, but um. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to wear it like a helmet and zip it right yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not too familiar with the, I guess, the Americana metal sort of thing that you guys are doing. Is it a big thing here in the States? I mean, I know folk metal is huge, but is that is that the equivalent here of? I I don't know. Um, you know, I I don't think so. Um, I, I think I think we're towards, you know, being one of the first ones to really embrace it, at least in this way. And right. um, I've, I've seen a couple things roll out um, since we have, and, and who knows, like these people could have been working on it for a while too. I'm not trying right, to take right. credit for the idea, but honestly, not in any, you know, vindictive kind of way. I've kind of chosen not to pay attention to any of the other bands that have started doing it because we, we we're kind of just focused on what we're doing. And like, to us, it's not, you know, we're not interested in being a part of a scene. We're just trying to do, what it is we're doing um but to my knowledge there's not there's not a ton of it um and and yeah because i think you know up up until now or maybe even really still now when you hear the words folk metal you're thinking of yeah like european you know um either either like celtic or scandinavian or something like that um and and i wouldn't necessarily call wayfair a folk metal band but there is some of that dna in there because it is drawing from you know historical folk music as well as as metal um but yeah, I, I don't think there's much of one. And and really, we're kind of just keeping our heads down and, and focusing on what we're doing. 
at, at this time. No, I think that's great. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. And I have a question for you. So the record, I mean, is definitely very themed or thematic. What is it that uh, you want your fans to take away from after listening to American Gothic? I mean, it's pretty deep, right? The, I was reading the bio. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty dark record for sure. Um, you know, we there's like a, a bit of a trajectory with the last few records in terms of like lyrical content and concepts not that they're directly concept albums because they don't just tell one story but they they focus around like one general idea and this one we've kind of built it as 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 it is in the in those bios and the pitching like it's like a funeral for the american dream you know it's just kind of like a uh, a dark and somber look at the whole kind of idea of this place which is a pretty insanely interesting place at the end of the day and there is a lot of darkness in its history and we're not you know claiming that we have any answers or, or fully condemning anything. It's just kind of a, uh, yeah, a, uh, an exploration of the the darker sides of, of the country uh, kind of through the lens of the American West. And we're just trying to create, create a feeling for the listener because all my favorite bands and records do that. You know, they leave you with some kind of like feeling like you experienced something or, or just tapped into some, some world. Um, and that's what we're hoping to do. So correct me if I'm wrong, but this or Wayfarer in general doesn't sound like a band that is basically single rela- related. I mean, you guys have to release a record, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, it's like a concept of sorts, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. We always kind of think in a, a big picture way. Um, where you know, each time we're coming around to writing, like we typically work out a lot of things about the album before we even really start writing it. Like usually we may even know what the title is and what like the aesthetic look and like general sound of it is going to be. And then we write to that. Um, So it's very much like based around the big, the big idea. And and yeah, it's always kind of tough for us when it's time to like choose songs to put out as singles, because it is like, they're all kind of pieces of a whole, but we hope, you know, we hope they still land enough on their own. Well, I mean, I guess you still have to write because you live in a culture that's single based in one song. Exactly. And that's what you got to do that. I get it. But yeah, I think it's definitely something that needs to be listened to like the old school way, start to finish. Yeah, that's that's always the hope. You know, I think those are the types of music fans we are, all of us in the bands that we're the type to, you know, we we buy records, we sit down and listen to albums start to finish. um, Because most of the time, you know, especially in the extreme metal world, that's how they were intended to be. Um, So that's definitely how we write too. Right. Chris? Okay, non-serious question. (laughs) <laughs> at your wedding first dance metal no metal uh it was typo negative love you to death yes. nice yeah yes. <laughs> that's beautiful <laughs> had, i was had just to like that way. yeah i was just wondering i was like i wonder you know yeah for yeah. sure well because my now wife uh plays plays in bands as well she plays in dreadnought which is a fellow profound lord band and a band called bleak heart and so we've kind of known each other through playing metal and, and being in this world for a long time. So it, yeah, it had to be nice. Great. Now, second non-serious question. 
Yeah. How often do you fidget with your ring? And how many days did it take you <laughs> to kind of be used to wearing it? Oh man. Uh yeah. So we got married on Saturday. And I'm a I'm a consistent fidgeter anyway. Like if I have something in my hands, I'm always messing with it. So so far I haven't stopped, that's for sure. Maybe I'll <laughs> I'll check funny. back with you in a couple of weeks and let you know if that's changed. But so far it's it's all the time. So Does I'm gonna it, tell what? you I'm married thirty one years last week or and I okay. still uh, Congrats. and I still fidget with yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, when I, I, when, I got, when I got married and the ring went on, I was like, oh, that's a nice ring. Mm-hmm. But then like about four hours later, I was like, this thing's fucking annoying. Like, it's really <laughs> driving me crazy. But, I, you, you know, I'm like, I can't take it off. And then my wife's dad was like, just leave it on. You'll get used to it. <laughs> <Just> like, <Yeah. laughs> I did get used to it now. And now it's okay. weird if I don't wear it. It feels weird if I don't wear it. But, right. you know, yeah. uh, I'm always like this. I'll give you a, you maybe know this, maybe you don't know this. Take it off before you get in the shower. Because yeah. when you wash your hands and soap, it just goes flying. I've almost oh. lost this thing a couple times down the drain. So just, right, uh, that would be, yeah, that would probably not, not go over too well if I did that. So no, I'll I've, take I've, that shit, I've shit my pants a couple times <laughs> as I'm, nice. I'm like, ah, oh, give me the damn nice. all right. Yeah, I I appreciate the advice. Yeah, I, yeah, I, just, I can't stop messing with it, so I'll try right. not yeah. throw this, it down any drains. I bet you this is the kind of podcast you thought you're coming on. Let me get the hell out. <laughs> Take this out on the road. Yeah. Sorry, I missed that last bit. That's fine. What are your plans to take this out on the road? Are there plans to get out there and play? Yes, for sure. Um, the only things we have like confirmed announced uh, is we're doing just a, a handful of shows on that Baroness tour in November. Um, so that'll actually be the first first times getting out on the record. But we're looking at some U.S. touring um, actually right at the end of the year that hopefully should be getting announced soon. And then uh, we're kind of finalizing plans for Europe as well um, sometime probably next spring. We're definitely trying to just tour with some more you know, bigger bands that we like and, and get out there to some different people. But um, ultimately, we are trying to play everywhere on this album in one way or another. So it'll it'll start with the Baroness thing, and then we'll kind of do some more U.S. touring, get back to Europe, and, and see what comes next from there. But we'll be hitting it pretty hard. Excellent. Are you one of those bands that's always writing? Like, are you constantly, or are you just doing cycles? No, we prefer to do it in cycles. Um, I think we were kind of naturally pushed into that because we're all really busy. We all play in a few bands. Um, and like, for example, our drummer plays in Blood Incantation and they're crazy busy. Um, so, you know, back in the early days, we would be the type of band to get together once or twice a week all the time. But now it's like we'll kind of not have all of us in the same room for months and then you know plan out okay we're going to be working on a record at this time we're going to be doing a tour at this time and i actually much prefer it that way now that we do because i think it really gives space um in in terms of writing you know it gives you space from from the music you're working on where uh, when you can take the time away like you do the tour cycle and then you maybe just take some months off um for me that like that's when those kind of concepts and all that really start to come into focus. Whereas I think if we were going all the time, you know, the records would be a lot more similar to one another because there's not that time to like let go of one thing and move on to another. So I, I really appreciate the cycle. When you guys are writing then, are you getting together and writing like all together in the room? Are you still sending stuff back and forth? Uh, that That's kind of changed some over the years too. We definitely used to be a band that, did everything you know in the room together um 
But over time, partly because, again, just the way we work with how, how spread out everybody is with all the different bands, um, we've definitely integrated a bit more of both. And at this point, we're kind of doing a hybrid that that I think is is healthy because it allows you to, you know, when we're writing stuff separately, um, like recording things at home and, and like sending them back and forth on files, it allows you to look at the songs in a different way. Because when you're playing all together, you know, all musicians, I think, will fall into tendencies um, without thinking about it, just like things you'll naturally do. Whereas like when you're dissecting the song on on uh, Logic Pro or something, um, you can kind of just think about it more from the outside. Like, what does the song need instead of like, what what would I naturally play here? Because that's like what I always do. Um, so so it's a bit of both. Like we try to, you know, get a couple riffs together, get everybody in the room, jam on it a bit, record that but then take it home, deconstruct it, be like, okay, what's what's really the the core of this song, what's working for it and what maybe doesn't need to be there and then structure it around that and then we'll get back together again and work through it together. So we kind of go back and forth between the two. That seems really healthy. Yeah, it's taken, you know, a, a decade for us to figure that out but i think now that now that we do it that way it makes a lot of sense because you can get still get the natural energy of playing together and and let things happen but then yeah i mean look at it later and be like okay maybe we don't need to play this part for so long and all that like let's just yeah. cut it down to the the best bit do you find it also gives like the more uh reserved people in the band i'm not saying anyone in your band is reserved but like oftentimes in bands if you're in a room together, there's one strong personality that really guides the whole process. And a lot of times there's more people that are more reserved that just kind of go along with it. So mm -hmm. when you spread it out like that, does it give access to the people that maybe not, might not be so aggressive in the, in the jam room, more opportunity to add into what, what the song would be? I think so. Cause yeah, I think everybody plays differently. You know, some people are really into and really good at the, like improvising on the spot, feeling the energy sort of thing whereas some people are much more comfortable and, and do much better if they have time to like sit alone with it and stew on it and so yeah that totally happens where like there's a couple of us who are more the jammer types who just kind of like get going and and write it there and then we have like for example the other guitar player who will be like sitting there pretty quiet or just kind of playing along but then if he has the files at at home and and he works on his part to like send us something like totally insane and, and awesome later you know yeah and so yeah I, I i think it's a a healthy dynamic in that way too cool uh, no so what are they planned you said you're heading to europe are you doing anything by the end of the year anything local besides the baroness show? uh yeah so we've got the three shows with baroness and then yeah we're, we're hoping to uh we, we have a u.s tour that we've been working on for a while that we're hoping to announce within the next uh, couple of weeks um that'll be kind of december but um, there will be there will be more in the states too. But uh, yeah, as of right now, that's that's where it's at. Where you know things are kind of getting finalized, so I can't really give details. But um, does it does it get any more metal than touring in December? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thankfully, it's uh it's early December because it can get nuts. I mean, honestly, that's like a you know a weird silver lining benefit of the world getting crazier and like all the things happening with the climate is most of the time at least in this region the the snowy part of winter seems to be hitting later and later yeah so yeah. Like, if you go in early december you're probably you know have a better chance whereas like if you're going out in january like it's gonna be rough it's so nice. hopefully that logic holds we'll find out yeah i went on tour once in january 
through Canada and oh dude not a thing through the mountains in British Columbia I was just like holy fuck we're gonna die <laughs> yeah, yeah I cannot say I would recommend doing that but hey here no. you are you live to tell tale <laughs> it's true yeah okay the fans want to find you can you give us all your socials and that sort of thing for sure it's pretty much Wayfair Colorado everywhere uh Instagram Facebook I guess that's all we really use. And then, yeah, we've got a Bandcamp page under the same name. But, yeah, we're we're pretty easy to find. If you throw the Colorado in there, you know, we share names with uh, Ray-Ban sunglasses. So the Colorado <laughs> part is probably essential. But if you if you drop that in, you'll, you'll probably get to us wherever you are. Awesome. Jane, I appreciate you taking the time. Big fan. I love hey. Glad you got to join us here. No, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. And thanks for listening to the music and having me on, man. This is a fun, fun talk. You got it. Congratulations again on the wedding, man. Congratulations. Hey, thank you. Be I well. appreciate that. All right. Cheers. Cheers. All right. Cheers, guys. Bye. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.